0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online access to licensed counselors around the globe. If something in your life is making you feel stuck or you feel blocked from happiness, now is a great time to try therapy online. All you have to do is fill out a quick online survey, and they'll match you with a counselor within 48 hours. And if you don't like that counselor for any reason, you can switch to a different person free of charge. To try BetterHelp and also really help out this show, head to trybetterhelp.com slash me for 10% off your first month of therapy. Thanks. Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help. Hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on this show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this is based on the tools I use in my own life. Take what helps and leave the rest. If you're really suffering, call 911 or your local emergency services. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode about loneliness. So it's for anyone who is feeling very lonely right now, mid-pandemic, hopefully tail-end pandemic, um, and maybe you're suffering because of isolation. Maybe you are single. Maybe you're not single. Maybe you're around lots of people, but you just can't connect in a way that you want to, or you feel like is meaningful, um, and so you feel lonely so as in all of my episodes there are three parts the what the why and the how the tools part one the what loneliness so uh, maybe you are normally able to visit a lot of other people or they normally visit you or you normally have lots of social gatherings or way more interactions with people in person than you do right now maybe you even just have casual friends but as of late, they have dropped off the map or just don't contact you as often. Regardless, you're just feeling like you have no people. And that can be kind of terrifying in how it feels in your body. Like it's almost like you're on an iceberg floating far away from the mainland and it's getting more and more distant. It's kind of a self-perpetuating feeling that just builds on itself. Well-being, in the eyes of Aristotle, meant living a good life by objective measures. And loneliness comes from this, in that it has to do with our perception or our objective measures. It's exacerbated and it's altered by our belief um, about our own status or our own st- the state of our life socially. So there are steps that you can take. If you are feeling lonely, the first one being awareness and understanding just how it operates. Loneliness has a lot to do with the quality of the relationships we have as perceived by our ego. So we might have many, many acquaintances, but we have very few people who we feel like we can confide in. So uh, strong and weak ties, mixture of those two we have lower levels of loneliness. If we belong to social organizations, we also have lower level- levels of loneliness. However, there are higher rates of loneliness in younger people, it's, which is weird because it, you'd think it would be logically later, but people who are middle-aged, less loneliness than younger people currently. So it's really not about the size of your social group. It's really about the substance. And that means our satisfaction with the level of integration we have with those people. So we have to feel like we're seen, we have to feel like we're understood. And we have to feel like there are people, like they get us. So a lot of the a lot of loneliness is our perception, our feeling of connectedness, despite what is concretely happening in our lives it has to do with our interpretation our evaluation of our social circumstances so because of that there are lots of variables there there are variables such as um, whether or not we're an extrovert a lot of people who are extroverted are increasingly lonely right now because we're in a pandemic because we're not able to be seen in the same way that we normally are whereas introverts might feel like pretty pretty okay with the amount of unseenness created by the pandemic Um, it's also not about the size of our social network it's the feeling that we have insufficient networks so it has nothing to do with the literal network size or the diversity or the frequency of our contact with others so if you're lonely it doesn't mean you have to be literally alone or literally have no friends it can happen to anyone like you might be totally socially isolated and have no contact with others but feel completely okay especially if you're an introvert you also might feel completely um, lonely and totally isolated even if you have lots of connections or friends on social media or even friends in person you can feel totally alone when you're surrounded by other people And I mean like on Zoom or in person. So loneliness is not a direct result of your literal life. It's not something you can quantify based on any kind of predictable measures. And that is because it happens to everybody. It happens to everybody based on their own perception. And it can take on different forms. It can show up in different ways. It might show up as a feeling of just... Listlessness as sluggishness it could also show up as anxiety. It can also show up as feelings of constant hunger, or even an urge to drink a lot more. It's like it can feel like an itch that you can't scratch. Something bottomless. It can make you feel simultaneously sleepy without any energy, um, and also be sleepless. It's pretty bad for you to to be lonely. I mean, it it sets up the building blocks for a lot of other worse things like mental disorders, heart disease, obesity, it, well, a lot of heart problems come from social isolation and loneliness in general. But as I said, it's not something that is um, directly result, resulting from predictable um, circumstances. It can be caused by all different things in all different people's lives. Which brings me to part two, the why. Well, loneliness is two-pronged it is a biological problem. So you can think of like failure to thrive as an adult problem too. So failure to thrive is something that happens when babies are not held enough. Um, they don't grow. So could say the same thing for adults. Like we need touch and we need closeness on a physical level. And if we don't get enough touch, we get skin hunger. It's like a your, your skin feels like it's hungry. And with touch, your heart rate and your blood pressure decrease. And um, we actually release uh, oxytocin and our stress hormones like cortisol decrease. So that's why it's really helpful to get a massage if you're feeling lonely or socially isolated. And a lot of doctors will tell you to get an animal because that's just having the, the touch and the warmth and the companionship is hugely healing. And actually men who are this is from one particular study there are many many studies who that talk about this but like men who are 19 between the ages of 19 and 44 who are unmarried are more than twice as likely to die than married men and the rate is high for women as well but it's not as high as it is for men that's why i didn't it's like one and a half times more likely for women um and a huge Part of this is heart disease or, or heart-related diseases. So if you are alone, you are at a greater risk for just death in general. It's not good for you to be alone. Okay, so the first half of loneliness is, as I said, the biological half. The second half is perception. We have an internal measure and, of what our life is supposed to be like. And then we are constantly checking our external situation against that. So if our external life does not measure up to this internal barometer, it makes us feel extra lonely. Here's the thing. Humans also have a negativity bias in that we naturally choose the most negative set point to measure ourselves against. So it's a kind of a habit of just being goal-oriented creatures. We will look at something much better. As a way to strive toward it, however, it means we are always falling short. So your loneliness set point might be, you know, much higher than your uh, external life is measuring up to, and so you're saying to yourself, "Like I have nothing, I have nobody." But if you're some in a different situation, you would you would set it completely differently. So it's also different depending on how old you are. Our our life stage which is culturally created is something it's an idea of something that we are supposed to meet or we're supposed to be we we measure ourselves against so this idea you have a perception of where you're supposed to be at let's say age 20 or age 30 and if you are in let's say your early 20s at this age your expectation of where you should be will be less dictated by for example relationship status or career status Um, and what you are air quotes supposed to be doing is different depending on the life stage you are in and also the culture you are in so if you are in your late 30s you might designate this as due to um, you know loneliness might be because you don't have the quote relationship you should have by now, or the family you should quote have by now, etc. So we all have different set points that are in part culturally created, and we attribute power to those in our minds. And that increases our particular brand of loneliness. For all ages, loneliness comes when we feel unsatisfied by the number of ties we have for social activities, or the amount of people we feel are there for us. So we have this perception that um, we don't have a crew, like we don't have our people. And I will also add that this is a perception that COVID has also created for us and affected in our lives. So just for context, when a society lacks resources, everyone is in survival mode of some sort and what we lose when we are in survival mode is the ability to be casual the ability to be frivolous and spontaneous and fun so a lot of this covid situation means that relationship interactions are not based in the you know in the frivolous or the fun it's like we reduce everything to what is necessary and therefore relationships that are maybe based in recreating or casual, random, frivolous, they will fall away because we are in that mode of surviving. And that can have really major effects if you multiply that across everyone you know. So you might feel like you are no longer a priority in your friend's lives when in reality, it's the byproduct of low resources across the board. So we can only be present and participate and give when we are resourced. And I mean that in like the broadest definition. I mean like we have the resource that is time. We have the resource that is money. We have the resource that is safety. Um, uh, the resource that is health. So when we are, we have all that, when our cup is full, we can give it to others. We think to give it to others. We volunteer our time to others. We, uh, we can think about the needs of others, including whether or not if they're lonely and when we conversely feel depleted or overwhelmed or like we have nothing to give or we're stressed or strapped or we're overwhelmed or anxious or worried, there is this constriction. that's the opposite flow of energy. There's less of a motive to connect um, and less of the ability to think to connect to others, even though that might be in your personality, even though... We, we know logically, the connection is vital to survival, and that it's part of maintaining health, it's, it's much harder to go there, naturally. And I think everyone has a hard time reaching out when we don't feel shiny. You know, it's a pride thing. And it's an image thing. And it's wanting to show up as your best for others that you care about how they think of you, how they perceive you. And I feel like, you know, in the past decade everyone has been I mean even before that but people have been increasingly aware of their appearance to others and hypercognizant of their image and that doesn't make it any less important to be in the presence of others and be authentic with others and connect to others it just is something we're kind of fighting against at all times it's a current an inner current that we have to Resist because it's pushing against us and it's pushing us into more isolation constantly. Which brings me to part three the how, the tools. So, this is really about I mean, there are a bajillion articles on loneliness and a bajillion things you could Google about loneliness, and they will all pretty much tell you the same things to do get an animal, uh, do some cognitive behavioral therapy on the negative thought ruminations. And, um, join some social clubs, uh, do some group activities, try some group therapy. I mean, it's, it's pretty no duh about, you know, loneliness. So I'm trying to offer some stuff that maybe you wouldn't, you wouldn't find in your average Google result. And I think what's most important is to just recognize that you're lonely, acknowledge it and take it seriously and be allow yourself to say it you know because I think that we resist wanting to feel petty or low or weak like we're like no but I'm too cool to be lonely no I've got too much cool shit going on to ever have that problem Um, it's like admitting a weakness or something like that but it's it's not it's everybody literally is lonely because of the circumstances we are in everyone experiences it the most popular friend surrounded person and the world also experiences loneliness at some point in their life. So it's not you are bad. And so just awareness, step number one, step number two, is just micro moves, baby steps, tiny, tiny changes, things that I'm just picture a tiny little colorful pill that you're going to take called action. You're going to take these little tiny actions, and they will alter the overall balance of your loneliness. It's just about tipping that ratio a little bit in the other direction a little bit at a time. So you can take this pill that is a physical action um, and that will help alter the overall feeling you have in your life. So it's not about a big major move. It's not about like, you know, vlogging about (laughs) how sad you are. It's, although you can do that too, but this is, is, these are all about baby steps. Okay. First tool is called beauty is an energy. So this is a weird one, (laughs) but I want you to ask yourself what, (laughs) this is going to sound really weird. Context, context. Okay. if, If you've ever seen the movie under the skin One of my favorite movies. It has, uh, if you watch it, you'll see that Stranger Things ripped off quite a bit from that movie visually. It's about an alien that wears a skin, um, the skin of a human being, like a skin sack. So, (laughs) my first sentence in this tool is, What are you bringing to your skin sack? (laughs) So, imagine you're an alien wearing this giant sack of skin. And you are similar in that you are bringing life energy and your spirit. That is what brings the beauty to you. That is what brings the enchantment, the engagement, the brightness to your person. And without that energy, without it, you're just like a deflated balloon. There's very little um, about us that comes from the outside, that comes from our skin. Most of it is the energy we have on the inside. The majority of who you are is just the way your energy flows. So that's just something I want you to become aware of and just tune it as you navigate your day as you navigate your coming weeks just ask how can I bring more life and more electricity more fun more brightness to my energy and this is as much for you as it is for others you might connect to when we feel energized we feel like we have something to give another person to translate to them and when we don't feel that way it's like we, we become like a like a v- vacuum a sucking vortex kind of thing and it shows up in what we we can give to others and also it shows up in just how we search or filter our day like are you do you have a bounty are you bubbling if not how can you curate more of that energy for yourself starting right now just you on you um, the reason that this came to mind is because I stopped exercising for a while post second baby, partly because I was exhausted all the time. And then when I did go and we went on like a group a family hike, I felt so good. And I was like, Oh, yeah, energy, I get energy when I exercise. And that just shift in my brain power, like when i immediately felt this energy of exercise I was like oh it changed my resting expression my posture my voice what I chose to wear what I chose to cook it's alters it alters everything so I just want to call this to your attention so that you can if you can give yourself a a little bit of juice throughout your day it's like how how can I bring more energy flow into my skin sack (laughs) okay Next tool is called Expect the Opposite Iceberg Edition. So I've already given this tool a bajillion times and it's one of my favorites, Expect the Opposite. Um, and that tool is we, um, we scan constantly for what is going to happen and we have expectations about what is going to happen. And that very much creates what happens because we are participating in a dialogue with the world at all times, whether you're talking to another person or you're inter- whether you're interacting with just yourself in your own life, our expectations very much write what happens because we are the actor in this life story. So in this version of the tool, the iceberg edition, when you are isolated or you're feeling lonely, we perceive that we have no one but that is just one millisecond away from changing at all times. And we don't realize that, but that is completely the truth. So we have to, in this state of loneliness, we have to remember that we have to expect that the opposite could be true and could happen in the next second of our lives at all times. So it's, think about yourself as like this iceberg that's floating off the mainland. When you have a thought, I want you to ask yourself, is this pushing me away from the mainland? Is this causing me to drift farther and farther away? Or is this pulling me toward more closeness? Is this helping me? Is this giving me uh, more of a connection to something positive to someone positive in my life? So Moment to moment, let's say you have a negative thought that is inclined to distance you further. You would ask yourself, like, what is the opposite of that thought? So, for example, the thought is, uh, maybe they, don't, maybe I'm super annoying and they don't want to talk to me at all. What What would be the opposite of that thought? Maybe they do love me and they miss me and they have been super overwhelmed and taxed because they don't have time to... Pick up the phone. So, in that moment, you expect the opposite and welcome it to happen. So, I would say to myself that they, maybe they do love me and they miss me. And that's it. That's the practice. It's just about taking individual negative thoughts and changing it to something that causes you to have more closeness and positive expectations. The end. Okay. Next tool the usual suspects. Um, I've given the, a version of this one before but I wanted to repeat it in a situation where you might be experiencing loneliness because I think it's really relevant. Um, So be very methodical about this. So the usual suspects is just a list of what are the things that are causing me to feel the way I'm feeling right now. Just bulleted, you know, put it on a post-it note, stick it on your mirror. And that can be just the most obvious factors. And I think it's just helpful to remind yourself what you're up against and that it's not you and how shitty and and lame you are. <laughs> like, for example, on your list might go, I used to go to a lot of parties. I used to have, I used to host people at my house. I used to be able to um, go to a lot of group classes. I have not been able to have XYZ hangouts because I'm quarantined. I have not been able to see people at work because I'm quarantined, etc. Just, List out the factors in your life that increase your loneliness. Other, Another random bullet that you might not have realized might be a factor for you. A lot of young people, and I'm talking like you're in your 20s right now in 2021, 20s and younger. A lot of your generation have what they would call in a study low investment relationships. But that means that you have a lot more relationships, but you aren't necessarily, you know, living together and singing kumbaya and talking about, you know, your childhoods together, they're much different types of relationships that are um, in bigger groups and more varied groups. And those are often a casualty of things like quarantine, those types of relationships are the ones that you sacrifice because you're not able to interact in those types of ways. So that might be another factor. A lot of the types of relationships I have are not possible because of the pandemic. Pandemic, um, So just take stock. That's it. And if you have, um, you know, anything that like is a, a really big one that you think is fixable, that's also something that you can get out of this. Like um, I can't, I have no social activities anymore. Like that's something to like look at and think of like, how is there a way that I can take on, a social activity that maybe is not something I would love to do via Zoom or whatever it is, but, like, an imperfect solution is still a solution. Okay, so that's the second tool. Third tool, maybe that's the fourth tool. fourth tool is called boop. So this is a reference to the movie Superbad, and it's how my husband and I say, I love you at times. Boop, 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 and you hit the person's nose. Um, so this is... <laughs> A metaphor for a low-impact way to start some substance. Get some substance in your life. And I think one of the main factors in loneliness is we don't feel like we have substantial connections to other people. Like we feel like an outsider in our circles. Or we feel like our connections, connections to other people are not meaningful enough. So a great way to, quote, get some substance is to tell a group of people in your circle in different words like that you care about them and you appreciate them in some very specific way so literally send out messages to people you care about telling them you care about them but do it in a way that is not reliant on a response so the more you can send out of these the better just little boops boop, 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 boop. it's like sending a bottle across the water for example Um, The last time my husband did this, he sent a text to our contractor, (laughs) and he got into an hours long conversation with him. It doesn't matter who you're sending up to, but just like little, I appreciate yous. And if you, you know, I always think of it as like a great way to start, if you have a subgroup of friends, like, or a circle that is very specific, sending it a group text to those people. I know group texts can be the bane of someone's existence, but I think if you're sending just like and appreciate you type of text. It's a great way to feel some substance in the vacuum of substance in life. Boop. Okay, next tool is called a tablespoon of touch. So as I said, ton- touch is intensely healing. And pressure on the skin actually sends signals to the vagus nerve in the brain, which is what releases the oct- oxytocin. So it's biologically good for you. It can make you feel more sane, more calm, and just being in real human proximity is also healing. So knowing that the pandemic is a thing, one way to think about this is to just try and get in a tablespoon a day. So it's a little tiny increment in as safe a way as possible. So if you have a socially distant hang, the elbow to elbow is a tablespoon. Um, in-person eye contact with a smile. <laughs> yes, we smile with a lot with our eyes. I'm gonna call that a quarter teaspoon. Petting an animal, also a tablespoon. So, as safely as possible, just think about this like you're taking vitamins and you need to just take your little scoop. You have to get yours in as best you can during the day. And just get creative and silly. You know, for example, like maybe you sit shoe to shoe with somebody. That is physical pressure. That's still pressure. You get what I mean. Um, I know it's not fun and it's silly, but like maybe just owning that is a way to get past how weird, <laughs> weird it is. Um, we're almost through this guys, almost through this. Okay, next tool, mourn the lost woodas. So as I mentioned before, we have this internal set point of where we are supposed to be and what we are, well, the experiences we have, we are supposed to have had in our life. And I think it's helpful. As a formal process to just acknowledge, like if you journal, write it in your journal, just write the list of what is like the thing you didn't get to do, the thing you were supposed to have right now. And in that moment, just allow yourself to be bummed about it and to say, like, this is something I didn't get to have. This is an experience that I was supposed to have that I didn't get to have. And As with all ceremonies, I mean, they all really matter. They all have intense meaning because you are performing them. I know it feels hokey and it feels like you're faking it, but you're absolutely not because the visual feedback is all that you really need out of this. So in this ceremony, I think it's really helpful to light a candle and then blow out that candle and relight the candle and mourn for someone other than yourself who has lost something. So if it doesn't have to be like a person. It could be like my friend who didn't get to go on their honeymoon or my friend who didn't get to go to prom, whatever it is, and blow that candle out for them and feel sad for them because this is an everyone problem. This is something that's happening to everybody. So the next tool is a continuation of this tool. I want you to then tell that person what you did for them in their honor. Just like, hey, I did this like silly ceremony and I blew out a candle in honor of mourning for your loss. And that is just another way to get to a level to to connect to somebody on a level that is deeper. Um, And I think it's also just helpful to connect someone and say like, um, I'm honoring you in this way, in this time. I'm honoring the, the thing you haven't had in your life by making my life better. I'm taking an action in honor of you. So if you're, if you're looking for another reason to text somebody, you can say something that you did in honor of them, let's say, that they inspired in you. Um, there's nothing nicer than hearing from somebody like, hey, I saw that you, were, you took up cooking and it, it inspired me to go to a farmer's market and cook something really healthy. Like it's a great way to feel honored by somebody else. Kind of built on that tool at the last minute, but hopefully that's helpful. All right. The next tool is a mantra. And that's just, it could be just something to think about, or hopefully it sticks in your mind. You don't have to use it like a mantra. I just use that word really loosely. Okay. The mantra is the sum of two poles. Another version of this, somewhere in the middle. So when we have a negative summation of how we are doing socially, or in popularity, or in career, etc, we fully commit to that belief, and we'll double down on it. Like we say, I am the biggest loser, nobody likes me, I've gone nowhere in my life, all of these things are wrong with me, etc. The same goes for when we are totally high on ourselves, and we think like, I am the fucking shit, everyone loves me. I'm amazing, I'm so talented, I'm more talented than everybody else, whatever it is. So in those windows of time, we are a- exactly the same person with the exact same value. Nothing is different about us. Same exact person. So just as a good, good rule of thumb, when you are telling yourself just the really dark things about yourself, like, I'm a loser, nobody likes me, the truth is somewhere in the middle always, there were the sum of those two poles always. We, ca- we just can't see things for what they are. So we pick a pole. We will swing too high or we swing too low. So this tool is only intended to help if you are in that low moments when you're like saying you're the shittiest, shittiest person in the world. But I will say it's also helpful when you're in those high moments just to like remember that like I am not the sum of this external self. I'm much bigger than that. And my value is constant all the time whatever it is, this thing does not define me, I am always very valuable. Always, no matter what, no matter what I have going on for me, no matter who likes me, I have always got this great value as just being who I am. So I hope those are helpful. Hope I offered something that was unique outside of, you know, the Google or Google results of loneliness one on one. I digress <clears throat> before I close I want to thank my latest sponsors Kana or Kana thank you so very much and David thank you so very much for your kind wonderful donations and anyone who has the means donations really help this show if not uh review on iTunes is always much appreciated I love to read them and um if you just share it with somebody who think could use it that's also really helpful and um in closing, recognizing you might be suffering from loneliness is just, it's the first step, just saying it, owning it, believing it. And then the second step is just taking any tiny action. It's all about small moves, and it's alleviated much more quickly than you think. So just don't build the case for the enemy. Like when you when you're lonely, your brain wants to isolate more. So your brain will talk you out of wanting to take any action. So if you're really suffering, just take any action right now, anything at all, even if it means you're going to make a left turn and drive to someone's house to say hi from the car, or maybe you're just going to call the first number on your phone. Maybe you're just going to wave to every stranger you see as you hike this trail, whatever it is, just take any small action. And that is how all great change is made, just starts small. So I send you my love and know that um, if you can just remember, we're all feeling it. Everyone that has a bajillion friends feels it. Get over it, get humble. Take the stigma out of loneliness in your own head and take some metaphorical meds. And I send you a hug and back rub, very brisk back rub with lots of good pressure. <laughs> Smile.